Taylor Decker's on my all 22 fantasy team, by the way. Stop. Stop it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Taylor. I don't care, and I'm in the league. I'm just trying to hype up the future of fantasy football yeah. here. They told me we could hype it up. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. That's one of the I, it's my rules way. of broadcasting. Regardless of the medium, they don't care. So the strategic component to this game is through the roof. Your predictions, right? Your forecasting in fantasy football into how good is this player? This is gonna, it's gonna change the industry. Yeah. yeah. I moved to the old town where it goes down. Look at me now. I wrote my goals down. I hold it down. Made myself proud. Say, look at me now. Hello and welcome to the All 22 Podcast. My name is Chris Lombardi and I'm joined by Bobby Acker and Ray Cotto. And we are the co-founders of All 22. Hey guys. Good afternoon, guys. Good afternoon. Finally do one of these in the afternoon. You know, we're awake, alert, ready to go. See, I crash. I wake up ready to go. I'm a morning guy. You guys crash. Cool. I'm going to take advantage of that. You guys are kind of on the down slope. I'm coming up. I'm going to take advantage today. Love that. Always ready. Bobby, you got the topic of the day. What are we going to talk about? Yeah, so I kind of want to move away from like football stuff, right? Because like the rest of our podcast is all we talk about. Want our listeners, viewers to get to know who we are, right? So I'm going to ask you guys just a random, really random question, right? So what is something random that you really don't like? Very open-ended. Well, I'll start so you guys get a second to think. Mine is loud noises. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Like, can everybody just like relax and just be quiet? You know, <laughs> like I just hate loud. It just disturbs me. Remember in our building, Chris, we'd hear like the fire alarms throughout the whole building. How unsettling that was. Just ruins my vibe, man. Everybody just be quiet. We, there's yeah. a big play that happens. You're at a game. That those are really loud no, noises that are happening. If I'm also loud, it's fine. Hmm. But if I'm just like minding my own business and you're just being loud. So, so you can never be the visiting fan at a college football game. Yeah, no, that, that yeah, because if they're loud, then then something bad happened to my team. So, yeah, let me let me ask you. That. Let me ask you because my niece has like a thing where like she'll wake up right if there's like one loud noise, she wakes up. But if it's consistently loud, no problem. Is that the same for you? Like, is it consistent noise is okay? It's just like one loud noise well, or no, just loud. I'll noise. start by saying like I can sleep through anything. I can sleep through anything. But like, no, if it's a consistent one, like our fire alarm, yeah, no, it's a no-go for me. Hmm. Ray, do you have your answer? You guys going to, yeah, you guys going to answer with yours? I'm going to go car dealerships. You know, it's just like, dude, it, it, it's a car. These are the, the, there's thousands of them. This is what it costs. Like, I don't, why do I got to go back and forth? Why do I got to do that? Why can't I just be like, here's the car I want and I want, you know, this, this, and this as features or whatever. And that comes out to this. Why the hell do I got to negotiate and like, okay, how much is this guy, you know, taking off the top? And I don't want to do that. I don't want to imagine. That. Can you imagine like smaller purchases having the same sort of like process? Like you go in for a shirt and there's like, yeah, let me just talk to my manager about like selling you the shirt. You know, I'll right. be right back. Yeah. It'd be awful. It'd be awful. Ray, are you going to try Carvana? The cars do this. Is, is that a is that a thing where I don't do that? Yeah, we should. It's our sponsor today. We'll make that up. Okay, yeah. but, but what's <laughs> taking that? <laughs> Being like, hey, here's what it's here's the price on this thing. You know, on this page, right? Can you do better? Like, it, it just perpetuates a cycle, right? 
Our sponsors are Carvana and Bose noise canceling headphones today. <laughs> Chris, what what do you got? Yeah, wow, I'm I'm definitely unprepared, but I, I was gonna say something about my wife, but I don't know how that's gonna like land. Wow. But, oh my God. <laughs> wow. So so I all right, let me let me let me preface. Just say mayonnaise and let's be done with this. <laughs> I, love, I love mayonnaise. So do you know like how people with like ADD and ADHD like have trouble concentrating when there's too much going on around them? I have like the exact opposite where like I am laser focused all the time, but like when there's too many things going on around me, like I really don't like it. My wife is the complete opposite. So like if she's folding laundry, she has music playing, she has the TV on and she's talking to me. And I can't stand it. So like mine is like when I'm she doing something, in chaos. she thrives in chaos. And I like, I'm like a, an assassin. Like when I know what I'm doing, I just like lock in and I just do it. All right. So today's podcast is brought to us by Carvana, Bose noise canceling headphones and Adderall. <laughs> Let's get it guys. So you're going to have like some like marriage ca- counseling, like, like website. No, if any divorce attorneys no. are listening though. Yeah. No drugs. <laughs> His name is Chris Lombardi. I thought you were about to give out my like yeah. home phone number, Ray. Jeez. No, just uh, this is this is probably going to be a two man podcast next week because uh, I'm not sure Chris survives this this episode. So, all right, all right, let's save me some face. Let's, let's jump get into it. it. Uh, last week when we talked, we talked about what players after the draft we fa- we thought were going to be the biggest risers on offense and the biggest fallers on offense. Today we're going to do the exact same thing, but we're going to jump into the defensive side of the ball, um, guys. We're going to start off on the interior of the defensive line. Who wants to start it off, Ray? How about you? Sure. So <clears throat> I'm going to go with, uh, as a riser starting off there, uh, Milton Williams, right? Uh, young, you know, pass rusher on the interior there, uh, super athletic. Um, now that Jordan Davis also comes into Philadelphia, I mean, that's, we all know what Jordan Davis is going to be asked to do there, stop the run, so forth. Uh, Milton Williams, much higher, uh, you know, a much higher graded player when rushing the passer as opposed to stuffing the run. And so, you know, adding a big run stuffer there allows him again going into uh, sort of the the younger prime years of his career there, uh, do what he does best. So I'm a big, you know, big riser for me is Milton Williams uh, coming out of the draft for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, okay. Bobby's upset. Okay, stop picking Eagles players. It makes me angry. <laughs> it's fine. We, we talked um, about their quarterback before already, so. So, Ray, I know you don't like when I do this, but I wrote these notes really late at night um, and I didn't realize that I put two players down for this one. And I'm not going to say one because they're both really good. Okay. So, first one's Kenny Clark. Packers go with Devontae White in the first round to go right next to Kenny Clark. That's scary as hell, right? And now think about the fact that Rashawn Gary has become – He's kind of in the conversation of an elite pass rusher at this point. So that that front in, in Green Bay is pretty scary, and I think Kenny Clark benefits from it. In the running. I think, guy he, I think is, he is. Come on. In the running? In the running? Okay. I just I, – Just keep I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just prepared to get, like, fraud in the comments, so I'm trying to, like, you know, not have too harsh of a take, you know. Let say, him try me. say this, Rashawn Gary's elite, you get fraud. So if anybody fries us in the comments, Chris, you're addressing those, not me. I'll take it. 
Other guy is Travis Jones. Travis Jones gets drafted by Baltimore, right? And now he gets to line up next to Calais Campbell and Michael Pierce. I think that's really good room for him to sit in and learn. Um, I think he should be following around Calais Campbell with a notebook, both how to manage himself on the field and off the field. Um, on the outside, two young pass rushers in Adafi Owe and Tyus Bowser. I think that's a pretty scary front. And again, just like Kenny Clark benefits from it, I think Travis Jones benefits from, from this defensive front in Baltimore. I like it. I'm just upset that you didn't say uh, Rashawn Gary was elite. Not, you know, Kenny Clark's elite too, so we can say both of them are elite. You're not going to get fried. Like, just be confident in yourself. <laughs> My guy is I'm very confident. I'm very confident. I just I don't mm-hmm. I'm not like you, Chris. I don't like, you know, debating and arguing with people the way you do. You know, I can see that getting heated and I just I don't want to go there. I feel like you're in the wrong industry. Like that's what like just get ready for a different type of lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. So mine uh, is a guy that last year before the draft I was super excited about. I remember listening to Austin Gale's podcast and he was talking about Levi Anwazu Rike a whole bunch, and uh, he was a guy that I was really excited about. Watched a bunch of his film let this past year, and he was kind of alone on an island there uh, in Detroit. You know, he graded out in like the 50s and 60s for most of the year, and it was definitely a disappointment. But I think when you insert uh, what was my number one uh, prospect in Aiden Hutchinson, they actually went to the edge again in the second round. So you get two edge rushers coming off of both sides, opening up a world of opportunity for Levi, uh, I'm, I'm definitely up on him. Let me ask you, Chris, how, how do you say his name? I'm not going to say it twice for sure. <laughs> I'm definitely not saying it twice. I don't know how to say it either. I just know that you don't know how to say it. <laughs> Levi Anwu Zurike. I think I'm close. Ray, how did <laughs> I do? That was sick, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's fine. That's all you just yeah. you know, say with some confidence. You were just talking about Bobby. Oh, yeah, have confidence, some confidence, whatever. Chris. Have some confidence in how you say Levi Anwu Zurike. You know? You know, I'll yeah. always be confident in my opinion, so. That's for sure. <laughs> if that's not the way to say it, it is now. Okay. Like that's right. I refuse to say it any other way. Like Mika Parsons, you know? Mika. All We're right. moving on. Speaking of, let's go. Is Mika an edge rusher? Because we're, we're going to go to edge rusher. <laughs> Bobby, lead us off. Uh, Ray, lead us off here, please. <laughs> All right. Uh, surprisingly, <laughs> I'm going Greg Russo. And it's just because of the secondary help that that really Buffalo added. They really bolstered the back half of their defense. I was not high on Rousseau at all, you know, going into last year's draft. Uh, I think he surprised, you know, at least me with his performance as a pass rusher and how well he graded there. Um, He does have obviously another year development now, and you're assuming better back end performance from the the Bills defense there, giving him, you know, more time to close in and finish on some of those uh, pass rush wins that, that he's racking up. So yeah, surprisingly, never thought I would say this, you know, 12 months ago, but I'm going Greg Rousseau as a riser. And because I didn't like him 12 months ago, I don't have him on a single one of my all 22 teams. So I've got that going for me. Wow. Why was that a surprise to you? Because he just looked stiff and not, at all like a great pass rusher on tape despite racking up sacks in college but you know he didn't play that uh that COVID season in college so I, I guess when he sort of went into his little you know hyperbolic time chamber there and trained for the NFL that last year he came out a much better rusher than he was going in so props to Rousseau 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's like a bucket list, list purchase of mine in life is a hyperbaric chamber. Be sick. Aren't they like? Yeah, I feel like I would have been in the league if I had one of those. Like they cost like a thousand dollars a day yeah. to like run it though too, not just like to buy. Oh it. really? Yeah, like oh, the really? amount of energy it uses is supposed to be like absurd. I think Tio has bucket one. list, dude. You don't, yeah. You don't. <laughs> just set your set your expectations. Go find me on the All Twenty Two Twitter page for the hyperbaric chamber. Uh, if anyone <laughs> wants to contribute. Appreciate your time, Natalie. My life twice in this episode. This is great. <laughs> you got I'm taking, it. Man. I'm taking notes over here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm going next. I am ready to go. If you want, if no, you want me to go, no, oh, absolutely not. Okay. Yeah, you can wait now. I'm going Josh Allen. So I, I feel like this one was actually a really easy choice. Uh, they drafted Trayvon Walker with the number one overall pick. I don't really see him as like the number one disruptor on that defense. I think that's still Josh Allen. Josh Allen's the guy that gets in the backfield consistently. He, he already was grading pretty well on a pretty beat up and bad Jaguars defense. Insert Josh Allen. Uh, you have Devin, or sorry, insert Trayvon Walker. You get Devin Lloyd. And I think Josh Allen really is going to uh, just take off this year. Bobby, now you can go. <laughs> I think the right answer to this, and there's a right answer, is, uh, is Trey Hendrickson. Ooh. Trey Hendrickson now... <laughs> Now goes another year in that defensive system, a, a system where he's clearly very comfortable. Um, never had the benefit of any coverage sacks or anything like that. So now, now you see the Bengals invest in their secondary. They bring back Eli Apple, which isn't that great. But then they add in, you know, two two rookies in the first and second round. Um, I think oh, Trey Hendrickson only stands to benefit from those additions, and yeah. Long run, that's my uh, that's my edge rusher on all twenty two for sure. That's my guy right there. Just hyping that up is the, the right answer to this question. Hyping up a college buddy. I see what you're doing there. Oh yeah, man. Nobody else is going to do it. Ray's not going to do it. I, just, I feel like I've been nothing but supportive. <laughs> Never mispronounce his name on purpose, you know. But that's fine. That's fine. You can have that's one. fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, I'm going to start off linebacker. I'm going with an answer that I'm, I'm honestly not too excited to talk about. Uh, but when we talk about risers, right, it doesn't have to be just the guy that's going from like 10 to 5 on our big board or even 5 to 2. Like it could also be the guy that's like maybe an undrafted guy that ends up becoming like maybe a round 30 pick. And that's who I have here with CJ Mosley. Uh, CJ uh, on the Jets defense last year, coming off of like a bad injury, didn't really perform well. He now gets assistance in the uh, DB room, uh, more pass rushing ability on this team with both uh, the addition of Tremaine Johnson and then who's the guy that uh, was injured last year from that they got from the Bengals, slipping on his name. Lawson, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. So I just think that defense is going to be so much better in general, and C.J. Mosley is going to end up being like the quarterback of that defense. I think his stock goes up big time. Right, take it. So I've got another one that is not necessarily starting out very high at all and was a uh, was a popular name very late in some startup drafts last season or heading into last season, and that's Patrick Queen. Um, his grades have just have not been good, just quite frankly, sort of across the board. But he he does grade pretty well as a as a pass rusher overall. I do think adding to the front there with uh, with Travis Jones, they they did also get uh, David Ajabo over there in Baltimore, and and uh, you have Kyle Hamilton on the back end there. So they've they've added a lot of great pieces to their defense. I do think the additions on the front there will free up the linebackers, um, which should 
you know, theoretically again, improve that, uh, you know, those low grades against the run. Um, and then again, with some added pieces there, if they can continue to be creative in using uh, Patrick Queen in blitz situations as a rusher, uh, I, I do anticipate, you know, him still uh, maintaining that high pass rush grade. And then in coverage, I mean, he also graded, again, just very low. I mean, we're talking in the 30s for the 2021 season. But he's got that ability. He's got that athleticism. He's still really young. So it's a bit of a gamble on some improvement there. Um, but the pieces are in place to where it's essentially put up or shut up time for someone like Patrick Queen to uh, make the most of his opportunity at this point. So um, I'm keeping a close eye on him. And if it if it doesn't really click for him now, I'm not sure it ever will. Um, but again, a, a low-graded player that you may be able to scoop up late that might have some upside for you this year. I think that was I a hope good. You're right, Ray, because I got burnt. Yeah, I got burned by him in a few leagues last year. Yep, that Same. was a good analysis, Ray, because uh, you know I think sometimes, like when we're talking about the risers, right? Like my risers, a lot of times are guys that I don't necessarily think are improving on what they're doing. It might just be that their situation around them is better, right? Like there's so many more pieces around them, it should free them up to do more things, less double teams, things like that, right? But like. I think it is important for us to also go into some of these analysis on why we think the particular player, what they're going to do differently in their game to step it up and improve their PF, PFF score so that they are improving their all 22 grading as well. So uh, props to you. I really like that one. And uh, Bobby, you still haven't gone. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. My pick and actually just gave Ray a hard time for doing this, but uh, my pick is TJ Edwards here in Philadelphia. Um, after the Eagles drafted Nicobe Dean, of course Nicobe Dean falls to the Eagles, right? Looks like they might be, you know, the, the top landing spot for Dream. James Bradbury. Um, added Jordan Davis in the first round. Um, it's already a solid defensive group. If you go on PFF and look at the, the team page for Philadelphia, a lot of green grades in Philadelphia. Um, and TJ Edwards was one of those. I think he graded around the 70s, which is pretty good for a linebacker. Um, I think he only gets better now having some better talent around him for sure. Good take. All right. Uh, Bobby, do you want to keep it going and lead off uh cornerback? Yeah, absolutely. I realize I have a lot of bangles on my list today, so just bear with me here, but I'm going Cheetah Bay, a So Cheetah Bay, again, one of those guys that graded pretty well last year, right? Um, we talked, we just talked about how they brought in these two new defensive players to bolster their secondary, um, another year in the system for Cheetah Bay. Um, I think, uh, you're seeing him get a little bit more comfortable. I think he'll get comfortable with Daxon Hill pretty quick. Cam Taylor, Cam Taylor Britt, same thing. Um, so probably a little less pressure on Cheetah Bay. Um, and I think he, uh, he improves from here. So he's one of my favorite corners going into this year. Um, so I'll certainly be rostering him in as many leagues as I can. I like it. Ray, go ahead. Yeah, so my, my, my riser here, uh, I had two, right? So you guys have done this multiple times. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mostly talk about just one, but then give a quick shout-out to my second after. But, um, you know, Marlon Humphrey, right? A lot of people like him a lot anyway. He's pretty high up there on the board regardless. But, I mean, he plays about a third of his snaps in the slot. And with the additions that the Ravens made at safety there with Williams and then Hamilton in the draft. I mean, we all can attest to this, um, you know, given our background playing the game, but when you're at corner and you know that you have a good safety behind you and you have help there, it just, 
makes you play so much more comfortably. And that's just such a huge deal uh, for any corner, especially one that's actually going to travel and not just, you know, play and specialize on a certain side. Um, so I, I think that's a, that's going to be a big boost to Marlon Humphrey. And then, you know, just tangentially as well, uh, you know, they made a lot of moves, you know, in that front too. So you would think they'd be seeing a bit more third and longs on defense, which are also pretty advantageous to corners there. So obviously already a, a pretty quality player there at corner, but I think his situation gets a lot better too. And, and we're going to see that show in his, in his, um, you know, in his play and in his grades moving forward. Also going to give a quick shout out to Ifiati Melifanu over uh, in Detroit. We, you know, you said earlier about how they added two pass rushers. Um, and, you know, I think he's an ascending player. He's young. He's got good size, good ability overall. So just that natural improvement as a young corner, followed by the improvements made by the Lions, both just on defense and then overall as a team, I think bode well for him. So those are my, my two guys. For sure. I think the Marlon Humphrey one's a really good choice. Uh, I went with a New York giant, Adoree Jackson. I, I think this is my last New York player. At least I hope so. But uh, Adoree Jackson, I actually made it. I put him on this list before we found out about James Bradbury leaving. After the draft, I liked that they didn't go corner. And I thought that they were going to keep James Bradbury, which is why I thought Adoree Jackson would be a riser. I still think he's going to be a riser, but maybe not to the same extent. Uh, his job would have been much easier staying on number two receivers the whole time. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still a step in the right direction. Adoree before his injuries uh, in Tennessee, he graded out really well when he was young. Like, I think he was like a low 80s player uh, in his rookie and sophomore season, and then he, he faced injury. In, in the Giants' first year, he did pretty well. He, he's an extremely fast player. He can stick to really anyone. You don't have to worry about him really getting burned. It's more just about, like, technique and doing the little things right. I think, you know, as he continues to age and get more experience under his belt, especially in New York with a pass rusher like Kayvon Thibodeau making things a little bit easier for him. I do think he's going to take the step to the, to the, to the next level. Hope you're right. I'm sure you do. With that, Bobby, go ahead, kick off safety. Yeah, safety. This will be one of my last picks with the Bengals, but I'm going Jesse Bates. We saw Jesse Bates, not this past season, but the season before, put up a 90 grade. Um, bit of a down year this year. Looked like he was playing in a secondary that really, you know, obviously had some holes. Maybe was trying to play above his game, do a little bit more than he should. And I think, I think that hurt his grade. Um, but like I said before, now a couple times, adding Daxon Hill, adding Cam Taylor-Britt, Cheetah Bay Wuzier, another year in the system, Trey Hendrickson, another year in the system. Um, I think Jesse Bates can probably get back to somewhere around that 90 grid that we know he's capable. Um, it's weird. If you look at his grades, it's almost like a pattern, right? He has a good year, a down year, a good year, a down year. Um, and if the pattern is consistent and stays, stays true, this should be a good year for Jesse Bates. So definitely wouldn't be discouraged by that 60 grade we saw last year. Um, definitely keep him on your roster, probably drafting him around the same spot in startup leagues as well. So with that, you know, it, it's a, big contract year, right? He's under the franchise tag. They haven't paid him yet. They haven't committed to him yet. Do you think that with a big year, he ends up staying in Cincinnati or do you think uh, he becomes too expensive and leaves? I hope so. Um, I think he's clearly comfortable in that system. Um, so yeah, I think that's certainly what he's playing for. That's, that's the goal with any of these players, right? Trying to stay in the same spot. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think if Cincinnati was smart, they'd extend him to a long-term deal. Cool. So I had a guy that, you know, 
bounces off of what Ray said about Marlon Humphrey. I have Marcus Williams here. Marcus Williams leaves the Saints and goes to another really, really strong defense on the Ravens. Uh, that defensive backfield is now filled with like veteran studs. And then the rookie addition of Kyle Hamilton, who many had as like the top three prospect in the draft. I think it, it opens up, you know, Ray was saying, you know, it, it's going to allow him to, to just be more comfortable and be more aggressive talking about Marlon Humphrey. I think the same thing happens with Mar Marcus Williams, but it's also going to allow these guys to be much more aggressive too, right? Like there's going to be much more big play potential. I think the turnovers are going to come for that defense now. Uh, and I'm really excited about Marcus Williams because he's a guy that does everything really well. Like he, he defends the pass. He could be a center fielder, but like, even though he's not the biggest guy in the world, he plays the run, you know, better than you'd expect. And he grades out well in both. Uh, another guy I'm, I'm very excited about. Yeah. It sounds like it's a theme here, right? The, uh, <laughs> the Ravens are a pretty good defense and they're going to be a pretty good defense this year. <laughs> um, so I, I've got uh, Jordan Fuller um, for the Rams uh, entering his third year now, um, you know, steadily rising just as his overall grade from, you know, low 60s to, you know, 74. Uh, last season, his coverage grade has improved as well. Um, and then just the, the teams around him overall in that division, right? I mean, the Cardinals just basically just took a 12-gauge to their foot all offseason. Uh, you got the, the Hopkins suspension there too. Um, San Francisco, you know, not hearing the best uh, of things out of uh, that camp with Trey Lance and, and who knows what's going to happen there with, with Jimmy G and, and so forth. And the Seahawks, we already know that's getting blown up now with Mill Russ. So um, the competition there twice a year has gotten much easier along with the natural ascension that you see from a player like him who's um, just consistently improving overall and was a really popular waiver wire ad um, in all 22 last year, especially in the second half of the year, as people really took notice of his performance overall. So uh, Jordan F Fuller, um, arrow pointing up there. We probably should have talked about that too. Uh, but that is huge news that uh, apparently Jimmy G is still in consideration to be the starting quarterback, right, for the 49ers. Um, it's got to make you a little what bit... What does it say about Trey Lance, right? What does it say about John Lynch? <laughs> Yeah. I thought you were going to say it's a conspiracy, Bobby, but <laughs> no, no tinfoil hat today, guys. <laughs> any, any takes on that? I'm just waiting to see. I mean, it's like, it's the dead time, right? Or it's about to be the dead time, right? We're about two weeks, you know, out from the draft now. So that, that high is kind of coming gone. It's to mini camp season. People are going to throw, different quotes out there now for, you know, trade bait and, and you know, for trade leverage. So that could be it. It could just be a trade leverage thing. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you trade it up to the third overall pick for Trey Lance. You're going to want to see him play at some point, regardless, just the way it goes. Um, so I still think he's going to be the starter, if not week one, then for the majority of the games in San Francisco anyway, this year. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not, it's not encouraging. It's not encouraging. I think at the, at the very least, you definitely see more more of those packages that have Trey Lance in them, even if even if Jimmy G is the starter. But I think you're right, Ray. I mean, you draft a quarterback there, you expect to see him. And I think I think even if he's not starting, you'll still see him a lot more. I don't think in my lifetime I've seen a Super Bowl contending team legitimately use two quarterbacks, and it seems like that's what we might see next year with the 49ers. Mm -hmm. I can't think of another example. It's exciting. It's cool. Um, and curious to see how that looks. If any coach can do it, though, right? 
it's, it's oh, yeah. Shanahan. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, so we'll jump to the the uh, fallers and uh, starting again in the defensive interior. Uh, Bobby, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, um, my faller is Derek Nadi, and honestly, regardless of what the Chiefs were going to do um, this offseason, I was down on Derek Nadi. Um, you do see that they kind of bolstered their defense going with McDuffie, Leo Chanel later on, George Karlaftis. Um, but I think we're seeing, you know, this guy lines up next to Chris Jones, right? And last year was supposed to be his year. We saw a lot of guys take him early because we had seen him grade high previously. Um, but then you start to see, you know, he's not really making the snap count minimums. He's, he's playing a little bit less. He's not grading well when he does play. So I think at this point, going into this year, um, I'm out on on Derek Nadi. Wow. Okay. So I'm, one of the uh, draft strategies I always try to take is whenever you're doing like a startup draft, and it's, the, it's every player is included, you want to try to get as many sure things as you can, right? Like, yes, you want to attack younger players that are studs, but those guys are limited. And, you know, when you take rookies, you're going to end up missing on you know, potentially like 60, 70% of them. So, you know, at startup draft, I always try to go and get as many surefire starters as I can get. One of those guys in the past was a guy like Malik Collins. Uh, Malik Collins is in Houston now. Um, you know, I talked about Laramie Tunzel last week as a faller. You could almost like take my script and just flip it on this side, right? They didn't find their identity. They kind of split their draft picks. They didn't add a ton to their defense. They didn't add a ton to their offense. They just kind of did it half, half baked. Um, I think the same thing could be said here. I think Malik Collins is a guy that traditionally has graded really well, but on the Texans defense with not a lot of weapons around him, I just, I would, I wouldn't invest in him this year. Not a lot of Texans that you would invest in this year that like you wouldn't have a long-term plan for, you know, not a lot of win, win now guys in Houston, just in, in general. Exactly. How about you, Ray? Yeah, I've got uh Daron Payne. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? The, the commanders basically, they drafted Fedarian Smith as his replacement. Um, so I think they're just going to fade him, you know, later in the year as Smith grows uh, and sort of progresses there. And it's just, if you look at his career, it's just been just, it's just been stagnant. He's been in the mid sixties since he arrived in the league. And it's like, well, you know, you're, you're surrounded by other first round picks on that defensive front and first round picks that you like played with in college. I mean, how much more comfortable could you possibly be? And it's just, you look at his, his career grades. It's just like, it's 64, 67, 67, 68 uh, during the season. And then just like year after year, it's like, okay, then he, he gets a nice bump in his pass rush grade, but then his run defense goes down and so on and so forth. He just hasn't put it together or really progressed at all. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the commanders there just have had enough. They're not going to give him a long-term deal. They drafted his replacement and, and that's that after four years of not seeing much progress, it's, it's time to move on. And, you know, yeah, he was a top 15 pick, but that was now that was a long time ago. So fading, fading day around pain for sure. There, there are always guys that, you know, when they're put in that situation where they're with their college teammates and they're, they're playing as a group that it doesn't work out. They get too comfortable. We're seeing it a lot on offense now that like receivers are going to play with their college quarterbacks. And I think it's great, you know, and, and you get to, for the receiver and quarterback connection, you get to skip a lot of the awkward phase when you do that. 
on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not sure it matters as much. And I'm, I don't know much about Darren Payne, but anybody that like might be a little bit of a personality, I don't know if I'd want that situation to continue. I, I think a fresh start is actually going to be to his benefit. Was he the one who, uh, yeah, I think he was the one who got into a fight with Jonathan Allen on the sideline, I think, of the Cowboys game. Yeah. Like Jonathan Allen just punched him, if you remember that. So, I don't know. So, uh, maybe the commanders aren't the only ones that are sick of, of Daron Payne. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to jump into the edge position with Marcus Davenport. Uh, again, last week I talked a lot about why I didn't like the Saints Kind of, kind of for the same reasons. They invested a lot in the offense, and the defense just got older, and they lost players. Marcus Davenport was a guy that uh, they they used two first round picks to go get. Right, uh, he he gets there, and he had a really slow start to his career. He finally started to tick upwards, and now that defense loses a lot of its star power. I just don't see him being a guy that continues that growth pattern. I could see him struggling with more attention on him, uh, more double teams. Uh, and just, you know, just all around, it's, it's, it's just, it's just bad. It's just bad for the Saints. You still take a late round flyer on him just because of the uptick in his grades that we've seen in the past, past couple of years. I think I do more so just because how, how valuable the position is. If he was, if he was a safety, mm-hmm. if he was a center and, you know, I saw that uptick and now I'm seeing the situation, I'd probably say no, but because he's an edge player and it's super valuable. Yeah, definitely. You want to go next? Bobby? Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So mine is uh, Caleb on chasing. I mean, for obvious reasons, right? Starting to see Josh Allen get get better in Jacksonville. They just bring in um, Trevon Walker. Um, so definitely think the time's probably over for Caleb on chasing at this point. Um, he's somebody that I did, I definitely took a lot of flyers on. Just, just because I liked, I liked him in college. I thought coming in, yeah, he was a little raw, and he's going to have to come around a little bit. But I thought eventually he would. But we just, we just saw two seasons of him really not showing that he has the stuff. I'm not even sure if he was to find another opportunity on another team in a couple of years or another year, whatever it is, that he would get better. Um, so unfortunately, all those shares I took in Caleb on Jason are worthless. Um, but yeah, he's definitely my my faller here at Edge. You got Ray. Yeah, so if anyone is still holding on to him, um, Brandon Graham, uh, Eagles added to that front, and it usually benefits everyone that's in that front. But, um, you know, they added Hassan Reddick, and they have uh, Josh Sweat over there as a pass rusher too. At the end of the day, Brandon Graham is now up there in age, coming off a torn Achilles. That you just, it's very rare you come back from that, let alone, you know, at that age, entering the mid 30s. I think it is now. He's pretty old. So if you're still holding on to him, you know, that that fall comes quick. And I think we saw that happen. Um, And now with the Achilles there, I'm just completely staying away. So the Eagles have made moves that helped a lot of their players on defense this this offseason. But yeah, Brandon Graham is one that is not in that risers category. Keep it going, Ray. Uh, move to linebacker. Yeah, so uh, for linebacker, Willie Gay Jr., um, they, the Chiefs drafted uh, Leo Chanel at, at linebacker. 
Um, so I, I think Willie Gay, you look at his at his grades and how he sort of performs, and you know he has to be used as a pass rusher. Really, that's sort of where he's most comfortable, and that's where he's graded out the best. Um, but they did also add George Karloftis in the draft as well. Um, probably not going to see as many snaps overall, given the the more crowded you know room at linebacker. Um, so I could see his role fading a bit even further now. Um, so at a position where there's you know very few consistent quality options overall, I think this is another one that just doesn't fall into that category. So fading Willie Gay Jr. What do you got, Bobby? Yeah, my pick breaks my heart. It kills me, but my pick is Blake Martinez. When the Giants signed Blake Martinez um, a couple years ago, um, I was pretty stoked. Really good guy off the field, really good locker room guy, but also a really good player, right? Saw him grade really well, and then we saw last year coming into the season in our test leagues, he was one of the first linebackers taken off the board. Not the first, but certainly in that top top five conversation. And for good reason, right? He's a really good player. Um, things look promising. It looked like Joe Judge was the coach of the future at that at that point. It looked like the def- defense that we were running, that the Giants were running, was going to be the defense of the of the future. Um, but then he gets hurt. He gets hurt. Takes a um, re- renegotiates his contract. Takes a hit in his contract. Wink Martindale comes in, runs a pretty different system than Pac Ram did, a lot more aggressive, a lot more aggressive. Um, and then we see the Giants draft two linebackers in DJ McFadden and Jerry and Weavers, or Beavers. Sorry about that, uh, Jerry and Beavers. Um, you look at these guys and what they're what they're good at doing, and it looks like exactly the type of guy that Wink Martindale wants in his system. So, I think you know bringing in those two guys. I think that's only bad news for Blake Martinez. I still think he'll get he'll get used because he's, he is a good player, um, so long as he comes back and he's healthy. Um, but yeah, I definitely think um, it's a downwards trend for Blake Martinez. Unfortunately, Blake Martinez, you know, he was a Packer, and I, I watched a lot of Blake, a lot of Blake Martinez. He seems like he's a linebacker from the NFL of past. Like, uh, you know, I hate to say that because he is a really good player, um, but it's it almost feels like his game doesn't match today's NFL as well as it did maybe three, four, five years ago. All right, I'm jumping to Anthony Walker on the Cleveland Browns. Um, Walker is a guy that, like, he actually won me some games last year, and he gritted out pretty well. Uh, him and JOK both did, like, extremely well in pass coverage, something that I think the Browns lacked in previous years. The reason I have him as a faller this year is because if I asked you guys who was the uh, who are the guys in front of him on the Browns, who who's filling the box on the Browns now, it's guys that uh, you definitely wouldn't have thought. Like a few years ago, we were talking about the Browns that they were the best defense, they had the best players, they had a bunch of first round picks just littering the, uh, the box, and now Miles Garrett is kind of the last guy there, uh, and they they have JOK still, but he's more of kind of like that safety role, safety linebacker hybrid role. Uh, now it's Chase Winovich, it's Tavon Bryan, and it's Jordan Elliott. Guys that, yes, you might recognize their names, but uh, you know Elliott ha- is the 102nd ranked defensive interior in our system in past years. Uh, he had a 41.6 grade last year. Bryan had a 56.4. It's just, you know, I think what happened in front of him is just going to be a mess. You're going to see guards and centers getting to the next level at ease, and that just isn't going to go well for Walker. Okay, uh, let's jump to corner. Ray, you want to lead that off? 
Yeah, I actually didn't realize how many Eagles I had on my lists here, but um, I'm actually also going Darius Slay as as a faller at corner. Yeah, the Eagles added to that defense and that front, um, but you know a lot of that was you know more so geared towards the run. They did add Hassan Reddick, but I mean we're not. Hassan Reddick's a great player, but he's not exactly Miles Garrett. I just think more than anything, age is a factor here. He's now in his age 31 season. Um, and, you know, most 31-year-olds aren't, you know, up for chasing around, you know, CeeDee Lamb and and uh, Terry McLaurin and now Jahan Dotson and Kadarius Toney and, you know, just, you know, around for three hours in, on a Sunday afternoon. Um, there's still a lot of receiving threats in the NFC East. Um, and if you look at his career, he had, you know, very high-graded seasons through 2018. And then that's where the volatility of cornerback as a whole really started kicking in there and really didn't grade too well um, in 19 or 20. Had a nice bounce-back season last year, played well, graded well. Um, but to consistently do that as you really get into your 30s is very hard to do. Very few, if any, corners do that nowadays. Um, so I think more than anything else, it's it's that age being a factor there with the you know the threat of the competition that he faces in that division alone. Um, I think the decline starts for Darius Slay, and a lot of times what players have to realize is when um, when that decline starts, it it comes quick. You know, it's not a slow, gradual decline. It really is a cliff. Um, so I'm I'm staying away from Darius Slay. I'm even, sure even if they uh, if they get Bradbury at some point this week. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to change it for me. It's, it's, he's still, he's, it's not the fountain of youth. I'm sure the Eagles are praying that that doesn't happen because they're probably looking at this year as like a potential Super Bowl year. And he's going to be a big part of that. Um, no, 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 it was a good pitch. It was a good shade, pitch. Shades of 2011. <laughs> but, okay. So you're talking about a guy at the end of his career. I'm talking about a guy, unfortunately, at the beginning of his career, JC Horn, uh, I, I hate saying that. Like, I hate putting a guy on here that's in his second year coming off of an injury who started off his year uh, his career great, especially a guy that plays as hard as he does, like a hard-nosed player. Um, but, you know, we talked about last week, you know, teams finding their identity and the Panthers just, I don't feel, did that. Like, it, it was okay. You know, obviously, in the first round, a tackle fell to them. They had to take him. Uh, but you don't have a pick in the second round. In the third round, instead of adding to your defense and building on your identity, on the identity that is your defense. Uh, you go ahead and take a quarterback that has some issues of his own and obviously doesn't help anybody on the other side of the ball. So, um, you know, I think JC Horn's going to be asked to do a whole lot. And I just think that's going to be really hard for a guy coming off of a bad injury and off of his rookie season. Yeah, that's, that, that's a tough path for him. Um, another guy, the guy on my list who also kind of, had a tough path and probably self-inflicted, um, but this would be Eli Apple would be my faller at corner. Um, he was never really a riser, um, so if you have him on your team, if you're that madman that's that's hoping and praying that he'll be the player that the Giants thought he would be, drafting him at the tenth overall pick. I'm sorry, but you're you're crazy. Um, but he's on my list because you know he signed the one-year deal in Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati brought in. Some other secondary help, um, and I think at this point, okay, even if even if Eli Apple does make it to the end of the season as a Bengal, I do think he's the odd man out this year. Probably gets limited playing time, and if he's on a roster next year, I'd be very surprised. Um, 
next year, meaning the year after the, 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 the 23 season. So um, if you're holding on to Eli Apple, uh, don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder how many people, like, I, I hope we can do this and, you know, for this year, but it'll be fun to know how many people are the percentage of teams that have Eli Apple the percentage of leagues that have a, have a team with Eli Apple rostered. Yeah. A guy that, a guy that's never graded over a 63. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I hope it's a very low percent. I think uh, we've got some smart people that are playing all 22. Yeah, for sure. All right. So going to safety, I have Eddie Jackson on the bears. Again, it, it kind of hurts me to name a guy that like has had a great NFL career, but they bring in a no, uh, a new uh, coaching group. Um, they draft a safety in a corner in the first and second round or second and third round or something like that. And it just kind of seems like in with, in with the new out with the old uh, and Eddie Jackson could, could end up being one of those guys that they decide to move on from. Uh, besides that, you know, I just think that the, the bears are in a really tough spot. It's another team that, you know, uh, they lost a lot of players. They're getting a lot younger, but that takes time. You know, they lost the pass rusher, Khalil Mack. So that just adds pressure to the DBs and Eddie Jackson's gonna, gonna definitely hurt from that. Ray, you want to go next? Yeah, so next up, and I actually I like this player. I like uh, Nasir Adderley. Um, he definitely improved last season, but he is entering the last year of his deal. Um, and the Chargers there drafted JT Woods, who looks to be sort of their next guy up to pair with Derwin James. I know they have some versatile and flexible pieces in that defense, like to move guys around. Um, but I'm, I'm, I think that was a signal that there's not a good chance for a long-term commitment there. So there's some uncertainty for his future. Uh, and of course that division is just, you know, a complete murderer's row now, um, with, you know, Russ coming in and then Vontae Adams going to Vegas and you already have Mahomes. So, um, yeah, the, the, the competition is fierce and I think just they, they signal what they're looking to do with in the long term there at safety on the back end um, with the selection of JT Woods. So I like the player. I like Nasir Adderley, um, but probably not drafting him as high heading into the 2022 season as I was in startups last year. Yeah, one, one of the players I took last year a few times was Justin Reed, um, who's actually my follower this year. Um, really like seeing him now with the Chiefs. Um, still 25 years old, pretty athletic safety. Um, but then you see him put up a 50 grade, um, playing a lot, playing alongside um, Juan Thorhill. And then you see the Chiefs go and bring in my guy, Brian Cook. Um, I think of those three guys, um, Justin Reed's probably the odd man out. I do think that, you know, he'll still be a rotational guy there, but I think, um, you know, I think he's in danger of maybe not making the snap count minimums for safeties. And even if he does, um, I think on limited, um, limited looks, I do think that his grade could suffer. So um, Justin Reed's somebody that I'm, that I'm pretty low on this year because of the additions and because of what that means for his playing time going into 2022. Good pick. I'm surprised none of us picked uh, any of the rookie safeties for the risers or fallers. There was, this was a really good group. Like there was a lot of names, a lot of guys going uh, late first round, early second round. So um, I'm definitely buying shares in rookies. We didn't talk much about that, but 
there's definitely um, some rookies that I'd definitely take uh, in my inaugural draft if I was doing one this year. Is there any guys that you guys would be super excited about from this rookie group besides Kyle Hamilton? Specifically at safety, like I said, Brian Brian Cook was my guy going into this year. I do mm-hmm. I do like Lewis Seen, um, and uh, and Daxton Hill. So those are those are probably my guys going into this year. That you know maybe maybe those rounds forty plus around that 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 area since safety is kind of a lower position value. Um, that's probably where I look to target guys like that. Jaquan Brisker is just destined to be like Adrian Amos was, like just not very much talked about heading into the draft and, and um, you know, falls a little bit uh, after some of the other more well-known safeties, even though he's just super well-rounded and does everything really well. Um, but then he goes on to start, you know, like eight years and perform well year after year after year consistently. That's going to be Jaquan Brisker. So I think the safety class was very strong this year. Uh, you know, you all name the names, and I don't disagree at all. Um, it's just I don't see Jaquan Brisker getting the same love as some of those others, and he definitely should. So Jaquan Brisker for what's, sure. What's he, uh, go he went to he went to Penn State University. Mm-hmm. That was Penn me. State that was me taking a shot because Ray's talking still about the Penn State greatest players. player. You know, greatest yeah. school in the world. Everybody at home, take a drink and take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think that's it. Anybody? Anything else from you guys? Cool, oh, man. I'm good. I'm ready to start drafting, guys. I'm ready to start opening up this site and get people in here and see how they they draft. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. It's coming. It's coming. So thank you for tuning in. And on that on that note, if you haven't done so yet, go to all22.com. Sign up for more information. It is coming soon. So uh, you definitely want to get on there. Sign up. Give us your email because we'll send you updates as quickly as, as we have them. Um, and if you haven't done so yet, give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at all22 underscore PFF, and then uh, leave us a review on our podcast. That's how we're going to be able to get the word out. That's how we're going to be able to get some sponsors. Um, So leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. uh, Yeah, on YouTube, Apple, or whichever platform you listen on. Thanks for tuning in.